most influential podcast dedicated to the profession of pharmacy with over 80,000 listeners worldwide. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You are listening to Beyond the SIG, a prescription for transformative pharmacy care. Season two of Beyond the SIG is supported by the Pennsylvania Department of Health in partnership with the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association. Funding was provided through the Preventative Health and Health Services Block Grant from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The contents of this podcast are solely the responsibility of the presenters and do not necessarily represent the official views of the Pennsylvania Department of Health or the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association's podcast, Beyond the SIG, is a proud member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome back to the second season of Beyond the SIG podcast, giving a shot about diabetes. My name is Dr. Rachel Hay, and I am hosting this podcast with Dr. Isabel Litvek. Isabel, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. I'm really excited for this one because this is a really special person. Yeah, yeah, me too. So last episode, we kicked off this season with our first guest, Lindy, who's a dietitian that delivers DSMES classes in collaboration with a pharmacist. Today, we're lucky enough to have that pharmacist join us to talk about her role in these classes. Dr. Nicole Pazino received her PharmD degree from the University of Pittsburgh, and she continued her training as a community pharmacy resident at UNC. She now is an associate professor, the director of community outreach and innovation, and the PGY1 community pharmacy residency director at Wilkes University, as well as a clinical pharmacist at Wise Markets. We are so excited to have her join us today. Nicole, how are you doing? Great. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel and Isabel. It's so great to be here with you both to talk about something that I'm super passionate about, and that's diabetes education in our community. Yeah, well, we are so glad to have you. Um, I guess we'll just hop right into it. Nicole, if you could just tell us um, a little bit about your background with DSMES classes. Absolutely. I am going to do something that they usually recommend not doing and go back about 12 years. (laughs) So I got interested in diabetes in my first year of pharmacy school. And so there was a faculty member at the University of Pittsburgh where I was a student who had DSMES classes for her rotation students. And I want a drum roll here because it's Stephanie McGrath. So my very first API rotation was with Stephanie McGrath, where she had DSMES classes accredited through, at the time it was AADE, now it's ADCES. So I was able to be integrated into into her program and her service. Then I actually worked at a pharmacy up the street, which I'm not gonna say what it was because Stephanie will still say to this, I recruited a patient for her DSMES classes while I was working at this other pharmacy. It was a couple who I believe still stays in contact with her pharmacy at Rite Aid for the DSMES classes. So it's been something that as a P1, I was interested in the disease state and the opportunities you really have when working with someone with diabetes. And then I had the opportunity to do the classes as a student 
During residency, my business plan was around integrating DSMES into our pharmacy. And then now that as a faculty member, actually one of the very first services that I started doing at WISE where I'm at is DSMES. So it has been a natural evolution. And now as a coach for some of the pharmacies in our state, I've really enjoyed coming full circle. I think it's amazing how it started off as a student, because as a student, I didn't even know that these classes existed like DSMES or DPP. And I was only exposed to it, honestly, from talking to you during like residency interviews. Um, So it's really cool to see how it started off as a student and being interested in the disease state. And now it's come so far where you get to, you know, go through these classes with the patients, but you also get to teach other people how to create these classes. Yes, yes, I agree. And I think that's been the most rewarding part is taking each level, building from it, learning from it, and then mentoring and helping others to do the same. That's the teacher in you. (laughs) That is. (laughs) Yeah, it's so cool to see how you've really gone full circle with it. Um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about the role of the pharmacist in DSMES classes. As a P1 student, I was integrated into a diabetes management clinic. So we had a collaborative practice agreement with, my goodness, well over 40 physicians in the greater Pittsburgh area. It was undoubtedly one of the neatest models I had ever seen. That's not as common, and we weren't necessarily being paid for what we were doing. And so then as I transitioned over into my appy rotations, I was able to start seeing sustainable models where pharmacists were billing for these services. Because if you're in Pennsylvania, you know that there's some legal barriers to billing uh, in, in our state. And so I was able to be integrated into a clinic where they were doing DSMES service classes and being paid for it because they were credentialed with two different health plans. So it was a really neat model for me to see. And then as a pharmacist in these clinics, well, I don't know if any of you listening have heard of this, this statistic before, but on average, pharmacists see their patients 35 times a year. I know many of you are probably like, yes, we know that because <laughs> that statistic has been has been modeled so many times. What I think is more unique about that is in our ADA guidelines. So the 2021 guidelines for our diabetes uh, for diabetes, it states in there DSMES should be offered to patients at four different times. Those times are at diagnosis whenever there's a change or modification in therapy, if they have a transitions of care, and at least annually thereafter. Guess who sees the patient at all of those times? (laughs) You guessed it. It's us as pharmacists. And so I really believe pharmacists have this unique access point for diabetes, especially patients with diabetes. And with that, we have that knowledge on the medications We know about monitoring because of the glucose meters and how to use them. We're very connected in the community to get them the resources they needed. So why not capitalize on that? And then in addition, it's a really nice potential for revenue. I'm personally, while I have not done it at my site right now, we were during residency and then I did see it done at Rite Aid as well. So I think it's just a really unique access point and it just leverages the relationship we already have with the patient. 
If you've seen any of my CEs or heard me talk before, I don't quote many movies. One that I do quote is Step Brothers. <laughs> and there is a point in there that they say, did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. Well, that's what I want with my patients, especially those with diabetes, because it's so complex. There's so many different pieces to it and you really need to leverage that relationship. So does your patient want to go out and play baseball with their kid? Do they want to be able to get on the ground and play with their grandchildren? What are their personal goals and who better knows that than someone that they have that bestie relationship with that they can talk to and then you can leverage that during your education classes? So I, I love how you use that line from the movie because I know that's something that you use a lot. And <laughs> we are really, we want to be their best friends. We want to be there because we are there. We're already there. The statistic that you talk about, I see that all the time when I'm trying to do research on like how accessible pharmacists are. And that's always like the first one that comes up on Google. <laughs> so it's really, really true. And we're at this perfect spot in order to provide this type of care, especially to such a complex disease state that that needs so much help. Absolutely. And I was over during one of my appy rotations, I was actually in Ireland and we were at a clinic and they gave me the opportunity to go to a, a methadone clinic. And what was so interesting about this clinic is it was patients had to go see their providers, of course, but then every single day they came in and saw the pharmacist for their medication. What I loved about this model is at the end of each day, the physicians, the providers, the, the healthcare team all went to the pharmacists and asked, how was the patient today? What was their mood like? How were they doing? Did they share anything with you? Because they also appreciated the fact that the pharmacists were the ones seeing the patients day in and day out and could notice those acute changes in behavior and in mood. And so I pull from that experience quite frequently because again, I'm the one and we're the ones as pharmacists that really get to see those patients and develop that relationship with them where again, we notice those changes where if someone comes in and they share, I'm struggling with doing a finger stick on my finger, it hurts so bad. We can sit with them and share with them tips and tricks. Well, well maybe when you tap your pads of your finger on the table, go to an area that doesn't touch the table because there's less nerve endings. So we have that knowledge, those tips and tricks to help make it a little bit easier for them, especially with a complex disease state. So I, I love that story because I think it really capitalizes on the potential we have as pharmacists on the healthcare team. Yeah, I, I would say for me, my favorite part about being a pharmacist is being able to build those relationships with patients. Um, you know, pharmacists, <laughs> like you've said, we are the most accessible healthcare providers. So something that you said that really resonated with me is how, like earlier, you were talking about how um, as a pharmacist and being able to, you know, see these people so often and get to know them and get involved in their lives, like we can really um, hone in on like, what are your goals? Do you, like you said, do you want to go see your son or your grandson play baseball? Um uh, we could really get to know what are you struggling with, with, um, you know, the finger poke, getting, um, getting your blood sugar. Um, these are things that we can really walk with them um, every day or very often. And uh, 
No, that's uh, that's really true. I actually had an experience a couple of weeks ago where a patient came into the pharmacy and said that she needed help um, using the glucometer and she's never like pricked herself before. And the pharmacist was like, well, we have students and we have the resident here. So absolutely. So we took her back to our little clinic room and kind of just showed her the way of like the particular meter that she had and the meter that we had just to show her a little bit. And she was so, so grateful. So um, I think that it's really, really important that we are there and they're we're really accessible. Like she called and we were there, you know, immediately, of course. So I think we built a really good relationship with her. And she knows now that the pharmacist at WISE is going to help her with any kind of diabetes management. Um, so I did want to ask you, Nicole, what are some strategies or tips that you use when working with patients who are resistant to taking medications or maybe resistant to um, insulin? Yeah, especially injectables. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And and that's going to be common because if you imagine a lot of our patients with diabetes, they might be on no medications. And I'm going to share a story about someone that we, we've actually very recently seen. So before coming to us, we actually saw her through a blood pressure screening. We did a blood pressure screening and her blood pressure was just slightly elevated. So we referred her to go to her physician. Her physician discharged her or uh, discharge her appointment, I guess I'll say, adding on six new medications because now she has high blood pressure, an A1C of well over 9% and elevated cholesterol. So she went there with nothing and is being discharged and leaving the appointment with all of these new medications. She comes to me and goes, this is why I don't want to ever go to my provider and see my doctor. And so we were able to sit with her and share with her, okay, because it, it is a lot, a new meter, two medications for diabetes, a cholesterol medication, and then two medications for blood pressure. Like that's, that's a lot to start on, especially when you're on nothing to begin with. Mm-hmm. Of course. As we start talking to her and we start sharing diabetes self-management education and sharing the different tips and tricks that we have and offering it to her, what happened was, is we started off by learning a little bit more about her, what she's interested in, what she enjoys to do. So of course she's resistant to go on these medications at first because she doesn't understand the why behind it. So we start having conversations with her, discussing with it. And you know what? Became besties with her because the DSMES, we have a meeting of at least seven times that we do. We always start off with an overview of diabetes, transition into individualized appointments based on what the patient is interested in. As we got into taking medications, which is usually towards the bottom of their interest list, (laughs) at that point, we've seen them four or five times for a little bit longer of an appointment. So the way we overcome it, relationships. We develop that relationship with them. Six medications is a little aggressive to go from none to six, especially if you're doing double for blood pressure, double for diabetes, and they've never tried lifestyle modifications. So working with the physician, the patient, and us, we paired back just a little bit. We started on a lower dose of metformin paired with lifestyle modifications and close monitoring. Her physician was following up with her in six months. We have the capacity to follow up with her on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Like we followed up with her every week and we shared this with the physician and they were very on board with us piloting this with her. From that, we slowly titrated up her metformin. She was a little nervous to start her statin at first, but we were able to work with her over time and encourage her to start it. And the reasoning behind it 
And then she was open to starting one blood pressure medication. We recommend blood glucose testing, especially if you look at the guidelines, if it's going to connect with treatment. If we're asking someone to check their sugar and we're not seeing them for six months, why the heck are they checking their sugar if they're on metformin? That's not very nice because what? how is it driving decisions, driving treatment? This patient is going to have six months with their blood glucose. No one's going to be looking at it to manage and drive treatment. And so what we discussed with her is let's do it to begin with as we're titrating the metformin so we can see how it's helping. Let's do it on days you exercise, do it after like maybe a, a nice meal you have, and we'll do some mini experiments with you throughout the week. Again, all in collaboration with the physician. He was very on board with this with us. So over time, and I will tell you, it was about six months. We brought her down to an A1C of 6.2. Wow. If I could just give you a round of applause. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, but we've, we got her to the metformin 2000 milligrams and lifestyle modifications. She did not know how to eat. So we worked with our dietitian to help her learn how to eat. Isabel, when you're at site, I'm going to make sure we introduce you to her next time she comes in. Absolutely. She's a very proud sharer of the story with us. It was just such an incredible model. And, and I really think it capitalizes on that question of what our pharmacist role is leveraging the relationship. We don't need an hour every week. Like maybe I was doing with this DSMES class, but You've got at least two minutes every time they come to the pharmacy, which for our patients with chronic diseases is, you guessed it, 35 times on average. And I would say at minimum, it's 12 times a year because they have to pick up their medications. Each of those interactions are two minutes. Two minutes times 30 is about an hour. That's a lot of time where you can follow up, ask how they're doing, capitalize on their relationship, and slowly overcome the barriers. In a recent study published, researchers found that students who participated in DSMES classes not only had an improvement in their confidence scores, but they also had improvements in their diabetes therapeutic knowledge scores. So, Nicole, do you feel like your residents and your students who teach DSMES classes improve their clinical knowledge? And if so, how? Great question. And I'm again going to go back just a little bit to when I was a student. So when I was a pharmacy student, I was by no means top of my class academically. I did really good in the areas that I was interested in, but by no means was I top of the class. So I shared that I had been integrated into a diabetes clinic as a P1. So after I had gotten into my diabetes therapeutics, which is our third professional year, our professor came up to me and shared with me that I scored top in the class on this exam. Yeah. That has never happened. I think that was the only time in my life that something like that had <laughs> happened. So for me, yes, absolutely it did. And, I, and as I see students performing with this, especially when I'm looking at the students that I've had on my rotation, I generally get them in their fourth year. So one of the things that I ask them to do on rotation with me is I ask them to review all of our curriculum and take a look at it and see if there's any updates or suggestions they have to make it more active. This is a really nice way for me to meet the accreditation requirements of continuous quality improvement and also making sure my 
curriculum is relevant and up to date. So the topics that we generally include in DSMES through ADCES is healthy eating. We've got being active, monitoring, taking medications, problem solving, healthy coping, and then reducing risks. So each of those seven topics have a coinciding PowerPoint and chapter in the DSMES curriculum. They anecdotally share with me how much their knowledge has increased and or one of my students went on to a next block and helped their pharmacy integrate this into their pharmacy. Medicap and Olefins, their pharmacy student helped them to earn accreditation through going through this process with me. So shout out to that team there for doing such a great job and elevate or and really utilizing that student to help earn that accreditation. But to me, that's a huge success story in improving their knowledge and their skills as they're able to now deliver it for that pharmacy. Another really neat component to it is it can be a pharmacy student that helps to lead your curriculum. So I, I believe it's a beautiful integration of students and how eager they are to really have these different patient interactions and then capitalizing that eagerness with a need in your community to, to offer this. I know you spoke about the pharmacy student helping with accreditation, but I'm curious to know about your experience with helping pharmacies get accreditation, because I know that you're kind of coaching them through that as well. Yes. So I am our state's, one of our lead coaches for the DSMES. So we helped pharmacies earn accreditation through ADCES. When you go into and you look at the accreditation, there's 10 standards and well, I think it's a really nice process that they do when a pharmacist opens that, at least the feedback that's been given to me is, wow, this is really daunting. It's a lot of paperwork. How am I going to do this? So our approach to it is really to make it digestible. My philosophy and my model is anything that I do, I am willing to share. I will give it to anyone. I will help them to learn the process that I've done it. What's worked for me? What's not worked for me? Truly, I believe that's how you elevate the profession. Why reinvent the wheel if I have something and it works well for your pharmacy? Or why not give you what I have? And then if there's a way that you can see it be done better, you improve it. And then hopefully you'll share it back with me. So what we really work on is helping the pharmacies hit those standards, those 10 standards with the paperwork, through examples, through providing feedback and coaching them. Because really, when you break them down, it's just to make sure that you're providing a baseline level of care for your patients. Through this accreditation, you're able to bill Medicare. And so we need to, we need to be able to say that your pharmacy, when someone leaves this service, is going to provide this. Curriculum is only standard six. We have the standard about your pharmacy and does the mission align. We've got external providers, your standard two. So how are you going to get your feedback and how do you know that the, the providers and the patients in your area um, really help to make sure that the program's improving? You know your demographics with standard three. So is the service you're providing in alignment with the, the population in your area? Four and five are the people that you're offering or the people that are offering the curriculum to your patients, are they qualified? So making sure you're maintaining your license, your CEs, your CV is you, your qualified leader of these classes. Standards seven, eight, and nine are all about individualizing it to the patient. So how are you doing that and how are you tracking it? 
And then standard 10, you want to make sure you're constantly improving it. So really, the way I just digested it now, I think makes it sound so much more doable than when you read the 10 page like standard checklist. And so we just help to make it digestible provide examples. I provide extensive feedback to the pharmacies that we work with and really help to support their success in the ADCES, DSMES, her um, entire accreditation process. Yeah, I think you're really good at, you know, um, networking and putting people in contact with each other that might need help. Like if this one certain pharmacy has got it down, contacting the other pharmacy that needs a little bit more help. Um, I have definitely seen that. And that's a really cool part to be able to know who to put in contact with who, because sometimes maybe we don't even have the answer, but if they do, getting them in contact with the right people. Yes, absolutely. And I am a firm believer that as a faculty member, I can mobilize students. I've got students all over and why not capitalize on their, remember, they're eager, they're excited, they want to learn, they want to be involved in these things that we're doing and learn how to do it. They've got the energy. Pair them with a pharmacy. Oh my goodness. Now that's magic. I think that's been some of my favorite stuff to see. And I've got stories for days and I won't, I won't put that on here, but if anyone wants to hear them or if you want a student reach out to me, they have been doing such a great job, really stepping up and helping these pharmacies earn the accreditation and integrate into their models. So I think that's been one of the most exciting part, especially as being faculty and knowing that I enjoyed it so much as a student finding those students who want those leadership opportunities, want to mentor, are interested in the business side of things, and then learning from that pharmacy, that side, and then the pharmacy learning from the student, maybe some making PowerPoints cute, making the, uh, remembering the clinical knowledge of diabetes and how it's now, we're changing to more of the cardiovascular outcomes trials, which maybe when someone graduated, me included. I don't know that we had any cardiovascular outcomes trials when I graduated. I don't know if I just aged myself there, but my goodness, uh, it's <laughs> not like we do today. <laughs> and I do know about PPA has the internship program. Uh, when I sat in on the PPA conference, they were talking about it. And those students were absolutely amazing. And some of the stories that they told about the services that they were able to incorporate into these independent pharmacies were absolutely amazing. So there are definitely students that are really eager out there. So Nicole, it's been so wonderful talking with you and just hearing your experiences. I just wanted to end off with one last question. Can you just tell us what you enjoy most about the DSMES classes? Great question. Absolutely. My favorite part of the DSMES classes is really that opportunity to capitalize on the relationships we have with our patients, integrate the students. So my goodness, could it be a could there be a better service for me at my pharmacy for integrating students, partnering with other pharmacies to help them offer this this service? being able to really capitalize on the relationship I have with my patients. It's almost like a puzzle. And, and how do you fit all those pieces together? And for me, DSMES really does that. It puts together all the pieces of everything I love about what I do in my career and packages up with a nice bow and delivers it all together. So from the delivering the patient care, student engagement, pharmacy engagement, continuous quality improvement, really helping to make better our service, but offer something that's such a need in our community. 
when I first started doing this, I, I kind of, I, I call it throwing spaghetti at a wall. I threw spaghetti at a wall and said to physicians and providers in our area, hey, we're doing this. And they, I, I imagined in my head, they said, cool. <laughs> Since we now have outcomes with this, we've integrated other healthcare providers, we've integrated students, we've got A1C reductions, we have weight loss, we have better adherence, we've got the quantitative outcomes paired with the qualitative outcomes we now have referrals to our services. We now have physicians that know what we do and patients come to us knowing this. So I think it's really come full circle for me and it really just beautifully packages it all up and hand delivers exactly everything that I've been really enjoying what I do into one service. So thank you so much for having me. I can't not share that my favorite hashtag is hashtag changing the world, because I truly believe all of these small interactions that we do as community pharmacists do lead to us changing the world. So thank you again for having me, Rachel and Isabel. Thank you for tuning in to our DSMES series, giving a shot about diabetes. Thank you to our guests, Nicole, and my co-host Isabel for joining me in this conversation today. I look forward to more conversations in the future and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Beyond the SIG. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and others on the Pharmacy Podcast Network on any of your favorite podcast directories. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.